Guys, forgive me, I'm a little rusty. It has been a long time since I've done a show with no one else but me on it. I'm flying solo today. Just wanted to do a little, something a little different today. Uh, it's hard to find people that have the time, and, and I have some great co-hosts up here, but it's hard to find some people that have the time when I have time to do it. Nothing against them, but when I have time to do something that I want to talk about. Tonight, on the fly, we will be talking... We'll talk a, lot, a little bit of the, about the Pretty Reckless, who was, I just listened to their new album, and with a uh, a suggestion by my friend John from Well Disguised Podcast, and man, I'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk some new Daltrey music, Daltrey getting back to his roots, Daltrey going back hard again, hard rock again, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Grammys. I know a lot of you people didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, but what? Anyway, what is the Grammys doing? Uh, we're going to talk birthdays. We're going to plug plug some stuff. There's a couple of things I want to plug. But tonight, our main event, the main event on the fly, we're going to talk about an album from a group back in the 80s. And yes, I know, John, well disguised, I'm trapped in the 80s and probably will be for a while. Uh, we're going to talk about a group from the 80s. We're talking about Warrant. Yeah, everybody knows who Warrant is If you from that time. Even if you weren't from that time. If, let me just go ahead and say, if you weren't alive back then, you probably know them from Cherry Pie. That's going to be one of the main topics tonight. That album, the sophomore album, Cherry Pie. And how it almost didn't become Cherry Pie. And would it have been a successful album without Cherry Pie? On the bill. I know a lot of people love that song, love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a catchy song, and it definitely served its purpose. But would this have been a, a great album or just a mediocre album without Cherry Pie? We'll talk about that in just a few more minutes. But first, let's get to some current stuff. And, man, I'm going to tell you, I was sitting at, at work uh, Saturday. Uh, one of my friends works with me down there, one of, a guy I graduated with, and I told him, and it hit me. Do you realize that come a couple of months, a few months from now, May 31st, 2021, it will have been 30 years since I graduated. And 1991, yeah, I'm showing, showing my age. And uh, it got me thinking about what... I know what kind of music I listened to back then, but what was hot on the uh, charts June 1st, 1991? And uh, the stuff that I saw up here, man, I could. this could be a greatest hit, hits album for me. Let's just go from the bottom to Rico Suave. Anybody remember Gerardo? Yeah, he was in a movie. He was in that Can't Buy Me Love movie. That was a great movie. Uh, but, yeah. 
that's not one that, that I, you know, we listen to it on the radio, but it's one hit wonder, I guess. Tesla comes out with the uh, remake signs for their five man acoustical band album. That's a great song. What is it? Long hair, freaky people can't need not apply. Yeah. Um, let's look up some more. When to Change by the Scorpions was just making its way into charts. Probably one of their biggest hits. Um, one More Try by Timmy T. Yeah. Let's see. New Jack Hustle. New Jack City was out there. That soundtrack is not a bad soundtrack either if, if, you're, uh, if you like that kind of music. I had that soundtrack. It was a great soundtrack. Uh, Wilson Phillips, The Dream is Still Alive. That's when they were really hot. Their debut album was out there. Um, I'll Be There by the Escape Club. Great song. Tevin Campbell. Whatever happened to Tevin Campbell? Round and round. Tevin Campbell was, I enjoyed Tevin Campbell's songs. He had, he had a great voice. Uh, had two great, two really great albums. Uh, his first and his second album. And then it was just like, you know, I guess people, you know, people's, people's taste in music changed, but I still love this stuff. Um, Another Bad Creation. Remember those guys? Aisha. Great song. Great song. Any, any of you guys out there that are not familiar with this era of music, what I'm telling you, you can uh, go ahead and check all these songs out. I think you'll like it if, you, if you're if you a fan of retro. Life Goes On by Poison from uh, Flesh and Blood album. You're in Love. Wilson Phillips with another song. Man, they were, they were good. Damn Yankees would come again. I don't really remember that one that much. Excuse me, damn Yankees. Uh, Rick Astley, Cry for Help. No, it's not Together Forever. Steelheart, I'll Never Let You Go. Talk about a one-hit wonder. Yeah, The Black Crows, She Talks to Angels. I just got through. I've been on a down a rabbit hole for the last month to see on my days off how many albums I can listen to in their entirety and try to get my knowledge back up again so on some of the stuff I may have uh, slipped on. And I just got through today uh, listening to the entire uh, Shake Your Moneymaker album. She Talks to Angels, one of the great ballads up there. Uh, Voices That Care, which was a, like a We Are the World uh, song for the troops over in Iraq because the Gulf War was going on about this time. Sticks, Love at First Sight, a great Great ballad by Sticks. We Want to Funk by Gerardo again. He's he's all over this place, isn't he? Uh, Jesus Jones. Remember them? Right here, right now. Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. Hey, what is this? I don't even remember this. The Triplets. You Don't Have to Go Home Tonight. I'm going to have to look that up. Another Bad Creation is up here with uh, Playground. Let's see. Firehouse, Don't Treat Me Bad. That was a great song. Oh, the Divinals, I Touched Myself. We won't go there. Yeah, you, you really don't want to tell me. Whitney Houston, the late great Whitney Houston was up at number 11 with a miracle. Uh, Queensryche at number nine, Silent Lucidity. Man, what a great song. And this is when Queensryche was really hitting, hitting their stride. Even though Operation Mindcrime, the album before Empire, was my favorite uh, you know, Silent Lucidity is a great, great song. R.E.M. was on a roll here. Losing My Religion was at number seven. Paula Abdul, 
Rush, rush. You remember the video with Keanu Reeves? It was kind of that was a pretty good uh, video there. Uh, the top five. Paula Abdul's at number five. Number four, Michael Bolton, who was on a roll then too. Love is a wonderful thing. Color me bad at number three with I want to sex you up. Number two is a great, great song. Stream more than words. Great ballad. Uh, and then number one, Mariah Carey, I Don't Want to Cry. So that was 30 years ago, June 1st. It was almost 30 years to the day I graduated high school. It tells you how long ago that's been. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, you know, a lot's changed, but this is still the kind of music I like to listen to. And I throw in a few a few things here and there that I really enjoy, the new stuff, But uh, and we'll get to talking about that in just a few minutes. All right, let's get into birthdays this week and we're going to do every every you know who we think is big for birthdays this week if i left somebody out please let me know if it's your birthday this week happy birthday and i hope you have a great one uh some of the people celebrate birthdays this week diana ross who everybody remembers diana ross steven tyler from aerosmith country country music legend kenny chesney uh sir elton john stephanie mills Everybody remembers Stephanie Mills. What was Let's Hear It for the Boy? And I also did one of the best intro songs for a TV show for Family Ties, her and Johnny Mathis. Member of the Cars, Rick Ocasek. Uh, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. One Hit Wonder, Nina. Remember 99 Love Balloons? I bet you can't say all the words. If you can, you get a guest shot on this show. If you can tell me all those words, because they were all in German. If you're, yeah. Jeff Healy. Everybody remembers Jeff Healy. You know, the guy was so accomplished. But I think the song he was most well known for, Angel Eyes. Angel Eyes. Great song. Teddy Pendergrass. Tony Banks is one of the founder, founding members of Genesis. And then Fergie. And last but not least, one of my favorite rock singers and, uh, who had unfortunately passed away. Uh, he would have been 70, I think, on this past Sunday, with the 21st. Uh, Eddie Money, great, great singer. You know, he had two tickets to paradise. Uh, I think I'm in love. I want to go back, take me home tonight. But one of, one of the best songs, my favorite Eddie Money song, uh, I'll Get By, which is a ballad. And uh, not well known as, as these other songs, but it was a release. Uh, I think it was in in the uh, early 90s it came out with this song. But uh, those are the birthdays this week. Let's talk about this Pretty Reckless album. And I'm looking through my notes right here. Death by Rock and Roll. Now, I was a little skeptical because, you know, you with with some of this new stuff, and, and anybody with, that knows me will tell you I like listen to my old rock and roll music and I like the eighties. Uh, and I've always been looking for that sound from the eighties. Now I think it's, I think it's time for that, that kind of music to make a comeback and, you know, everything comes back around and I think that's the time. Well, you know, of course, dirty Honey's one and, uh, Tame and sorry is another one that I like, uh, throw out to, to those guys, great guys. Um, but, I was a little skeptical when, you know, John from Weather Skies told me you need to check this album out. I think you'll really like it. I checked it out, and man, Taylor Momsen, who is an actress, I didn't realize 
she was what Cindy Lou from uh, Jim Carrey's version of uh, The Grinch Stole Christmas. Great voice, awesome voice, and man, I, from top to bottom, this album just is great. I mean, Death by Rock and Roll, only only love can save me now, and so it went. Uh, probably one, and and me and John disagreed. Uh, I think John likes Witches Burn. I like uh, Rock and Roll Heaven. I like Only Love Can Save Me Now. And if you get a chance, check these guys out. If you like like the rock music and stuff like that, the sound of the 80s, and with a little little more up-to-date uh, sound, uh, these guys are great. I, I would definitely check them out if I was you. Pretty Reckless It's pretty great. While I'm on the subject of rock, uh, guys, if you don't know, I'm from Alaska, North Carolina, small town. About 100 people, maybe. And uh, our big claim to fame is, of course, Chris Daltrey. Uh, Chris has gone on to have a great career. Chris grew up in Alaska down the road from me. Uh, and anytime, of course, we were all behind him in American Idol. And uh, I think it worked out for the best for Chris not to win Idol. He was able to do his own thing. And uh, the proof's in the pudding, where is Taylor Hicks now? I mean, Catherine McPhee. That's another thing. Catherine McPhee is is doing well, but Taylor Hicks just disappeared. I don't know what that was as far as how people thought. And granted, I'm not taking away that he's not a good singer, good singer, but just not, just just no. He was he shouldn't have been American Idol, but it worked out. Everything worked out for the best. And Chris is back with his band Daltrey. Um, and Heavy as the Crown is is a new single that's come out, and I checked it out, and I'd already checked out World on Fire, which is another one that had been out uh, for a while, but now Heavy as the Crown has come out, and man, this is a return to Daltrey's, like his his debut album, which went on to sell, gosh, it sold so well, one of the best debut albums of all time, and this goes back to the roots. I'm not saying I didn't like the other Daughtry, like Break the Spell, uh, Leave This Town, uh, and others like that. But there was it was different than the, the debut album. And this one is getting back to his roots. Heavy as a Crown is is a great song. If you want to check it out, uh, it's, it's on YouTube or on Daughtry's website at daughtryofficial.com. Um, and World on Fire is also great, too. He's got a video for World on Fire. Check that those two out, man. It, if you are a Daughtry fan... Uh, like I am, I'm I'm really excited to see what's next from from Chris and, and company. Now, this is showing my age too. Today, 45 years ago today, do you realize that Star Wars: A New Hope started shooting in the desert? But they started shooting 45 years ago today. I was was two years old, almost three, and matched. Just a great movie, great series of movies. Star Wars, one of it's probably my favorite series of movies right there. Star Wars will definitely be there. I remember going to see Star Wars as a little kid, and I was outside waiting at night uh, in line at the movie theater. And, and the guy that's my preacher now, him and his sister, were out there in front of us waiting. That's one of my first first memories that I really, really can remember. Guys, we all know what a joke the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has become, as you know. 
It's called Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But anyway, I'm not going to go there now. But have you guys tried to vote? I've been voting uh, not every day, but, you know, usually like on my off days from work, I'll, I'll vote. And uh, trying to get my main two that I want to get in there are the Go-Go's and Iron Maiden. Foo Fire, well, I'll throw Foo Fighters and three, three of them in there. And right now, the top five, Fela Kuti. Never heard of him before in my life. I get my man from Tame and Sorry, uh, Warren Meredith, fill me in on who he was and how big of a legend he was. But he's leading the way with 332,417 votes. Followed closely behind legend Tina Turner, 323,159 votes. And then there's the Go-Go's. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with my opinion. Go-Go's should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the first girl group to to write all their songs, play all their instruments, to hit number one on the album chart. And uh their work is is good. I mean they they, they didn't have they weren't around long, but they paved the way for a lot of girl groups to to come along. Uh but the Go Go's are in third, two hundred thirty thousand seven hundred and ninety nine votes. Iron Maiden closely behind at two thirty four ninety nine and then the Foo Fighters at two twenty eight eight eighty six. Now Sitting in the last place, Jay-Z, followed by LL Cool J, uh, in very last place. And there's there's some in between, Carol King, Todd Rundgren, Devo, Dion Warwick, Rage Against the Machine, Shaka Khan, Kate Bush, The New York Dials, and Mary J. Blige uh, are the ones that you can vote for. If you want to check it out, go to vote.rockhall.com, and you can cast your vote there. But uh, it should be, I don't know. When this ends, um, two million over almost three million votes total so far, but yeah, I, it doesn't have a have a cutoff date, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, now I want to talk about. I'm gonna give a little plug here to one of my friends, a guy that I got to know um, two or three years ago. It's probably been three or four years ago now, but uh, Brandon Bailey, who runs. The Mullets and More Retro Store up in Virginia, Gloucester, Virginia. And I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. Have never been up there. Never got a chance to go to the store. But I had. He has hooked me up with some great items. If you're into retro stuff, I just got a handheld PS7000. If you guys don't know what that is, it's a handheld uh, video game machine. It's got games on it. Loaded. It's loaded with games, and at a great price too as well. I let him. If you want to contact him, you can check him out at Facebook.com, Mullets and More Store. And, I mean, it, it, when I say retro, guys, I'm talking about wrestling figures, Transformers, Star Wars figures, um, old Nintendo stuff, Masters of the Universe stuff. I mean, it just doesn't I, – I can't describe all the stuff. If you're looking retro stuff, and I'm, I'm scanning through right now, what he's got, Sega Genesis games. Um, like I said, wrestling figures. He even ha- has tournaments up uh, for a retro game tournament. He did that uh, this past November. Check him out on Facebook at facebook.com, Mullets and More Store on Facebook. And you can also check him out. If you're in that area, uh, at George Washington Memorial Highway, Gloucester, Virginia, 6053 George Washington Memorial Highway. Check him out. Give him a like on Facebook as well. Brandon's a great guy. I bother him a lot with a lot of questions. And, uh, yeah, he, he puts up with 
He, he, he tolerates me, I'll put it that way. But, no, he's a great guy. Check him out at Mullets and More Store on Facebook.com. All right, guys, now on to the main event. Let's talk a little bit about Warrant. More specifically, their sophomore album, Cherry Pie. Now, they're coming off a successful debut album, one of the best debut albums you'll see out there with Dirty Rot and Filthy Stinking Rich. You know, it had Heaven, it had Big Talk, Sometimes She Cries, Down Boys. I mean, just a great album. Sold over 2 million copies. So there's always the chance of that sophomore slump. Well, you didn't have to worry about this with Warrant. Uh, Cherry Pie did awesome. It was an awesome album. Uh, released on September 11th, 1990 through Columbia Records. Now, the themes of this album, sex, love and devotion, and betrayal. That's what this, this album really comes through. But produced by Bo Hill, who worked with Rat, legendary producer. And it was originally going to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Now, Uncle Tom's Cabin is one of the songs, one of the singles that was released from this album. There was four of them that was released from this album. Uncle Tom's Cabin is probably my favorite Warrant song out there. Tells It's just a sign of things that come with Warrant. As, as their, uh, it's a step up. It's a step up from Dirty Rotten, Filthy Stinking Ricks. It was, it was just uh, their songwriting became more, I guess, especially with that, with, with uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, became more, it, it was more than just about partying and girls and all this stuff. But, um, yeah, it was just a great, great song. And it's originally supposed to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin, but the studios... Called the record company wanted an anthem. Kind of sounds like Kiss with uh, Rock and Roll All Night. So at the last minute, after everything was supposed to be finished, the album was supposed to be finished, they called Janny Lane, lead singer for Warrant, and say, we need an anthem. So he goes back, takes a pizza box. Yeah, the, the lyrics were wrote on a pizza box. And writes Cherry Pie in 15 minutes. Uh, Cherry Pie goes on to be a great song. And we're going to go track by track through these songs in, in just a few minutes. Cherry Pie is a great song. Don't get me wrong. But my thing is, would this album have been a great album? And granted, it probably wouldn't have sold as well without Cherry Pie. I'm sure that was... Uh, <laughs> there's no telling how many albums were sold by that song. And the video, of course. The video for Cherry Pie, yeah, that probably sold a lot of albums there, too. We'll get into that for a mi- in, in just a few minutes. But I'm looking at all these other songs. You leave Cherry Pie out, in my opinion, this is Cherry Pie is not even... It's in the top five, I'll put it that way, of these of, of this songs of this album. And this is my opinion. But there are so many great songs on this album. Uh, Janie Lane, the late, great Janie Lane, did a great job writing. He did most of the writing for this album, but a great job there. And, and man, it's just a, a shame that he's gone. Died, 
died at, what, 47 years old. August 11, 2011, he passed away. Uh, I really enjoyed this album. It was probably, I'm neck and neck on Dirty Rotten, Filthy Stinking Rich, because I love that album as well. But Cherry Pie is one of my, my favorite Warren albums. Uh, they definitely did a great job and avoided that sophomore slump. All right, let's go down the list. Let's, let's talk about this Warrant Cherry Pie. First off, the leadoff single, Cherry Pie, of course. And what can you say? It got Warrant noticed. Uh, if I'm not going to point it out. It's, it's kind of obvious what they're talking about when they talk about Cherry Pie. Uh, probably the biggest Warrant song out there. Uh, and Cherry Pie was dedicated to the president of Sony Music Entertainment, Don Einer. Uh, and, and just probably for the simple fact that the pressure that they put on him to put a song out like this, to put this anthem out. And this song, you know, you look at Cherry Pie and you think of Pour Some Sugar On Me, you may think of that. But it's a lot of entendre, I guess, what you call it. You, you look at what they're talking about in, in some of the lyrics of the song. I mean, there's one part where if I think about baseball, I'll swing all night. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there are two, most folks don't because they're too busy bitching, excuse my language, swinging in there because she wanted me to feed her, so I mixed up the batter, and she licked the beater. Yeah, so we, we all know what they're talking about there. Uh, Cherry Pie, the video, of course, uh, yeah, it probably made it a lot more popular. Uh, Bobby Brown is the model in the video that they're all dancing around and, and talking about her cherry pie. And interestingly enough, Janie Lane ends up marrying Bobby Brown later on. So uh, I guess it kind of worked out for me. You know, it, he has gone on to say at times that he hates being known as the cherry pie guy. And at one, one interview, he said, I could shoot myself in the effing head for writing that song. And later he, you know, later he said he was in, under a lot of personal stress when that interview was done. And, uh, of course, he, you know, this success that he got from that, he's got to be grateful for that. And I'm sure he was grateful for the success of Cherry Pie. But, you know, I guess he wanted to be known for more than just Cherry Pie. There's a lot of great songs Janny Lane wrote and, uh He's just a phenomenal songwriter is what he was. Uh, but let's go on to uh, number two, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Now, this is one of my favorite Warrant songs. And this was just, <sighs> Uncle Tom's Cabin only went to 78 on the Billboard charts. But it had that creative songwriting that most hair bands didn't do at that time. And it kind of paved the way for that. Most times when you saw the hair bands back then, they were writing about like partying uh, getting drunk, girls, and sex. And, that, I mean, there's some on this album, but, you know, Uncle Tom's Cabin was different. And I guess that's why I like it. Now, I think this album would have been a great album without Uncle Tom's Cabin. I gave that a, a five out of five. Cherry Pie, I gave a four. I Saw Red was another single, and this, is, this went to number 10. It's probably the second most successful single that they had on the album behind Cherry Pie. I Saw Red is uh, inspired by Janie Lane walking in on his girlfriend in bed with his best friend at the time. Now, you imagine you can get a, a good song out of this. And if I Saw Red was a great song. It's a ballad. But they kind of 
kick it up at the end. I like that. They like to kind of turn up. And that also resulted in him having a nervous breakdown. And that delayed Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. That delayed the release of that album by a few months. So, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of, I guess you can feel the emotion in that song. I gave that a five, too. Better Roses. On a better roses, she deserves to sleep tonight. So I gave that a four. Sure feels good to me was a four. That's a rocker. Love and stereo, I didn't like that as much. That's one not that's one of the ones I really don't like on that album. That gave us a three. Blind Faith was the other single release. There was four released from that album. I saw Red, Cherry Pie, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and Blind Faith. Blind Faith came at number eighty eight. Uh, I gave that one a five as well. You can tell I like uh, some ballads, though. I like I like some melodies in there, and uh, John John Pritchard will kill me for that. He he'll talk about the homecoming, my homecoming uh, playlist. Uh, Song and Dance Man, I gave that a three. You're the only hell you hell your mama raised. Number three, Mr. Rainmaker was three. Train Train, which was a remake of a Blackfoot song. That goes in at number four. That gives me, I get a four for that, but that is a rocking song. There, that's one of my. And, and believe it or not, I like a rocker, and that is uh, that is one of my favorites up there. And then it leads off the album, or not leads off, but finishes up the album with "Ode to Tipper Gore," which is only a collection of uh, pretty much cuss words said by the band at different times during concerts. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with that, the PRMC was a group that pretty much headhunted uh, explicit lyrics. There, if you see a sticker on an album that says "explicit lyrics," warning explicit lyrics, that's what the PRMC did back in the day, and they were uh, Tipper Gore was one of the leaders of that group. Uh, and if, if you don't remember, they had. Actually, Frank Zappa, the late Frank Zappa and Twisted Sister lead singer Dee Snyder on Capitol Hill testifying in Congress. And I'll never forget them asking what the name of Twisted Sister's fan club was. And I'll let you you two that and, and check that out. Uh, <laughs> it's a great response from Dee Snyder. And, and I think... They thought when they were bringing D. Snyder and Frank Zappa up on, on, to testify in Congress, they were going to get pushovers that didn't know anything, uneducated guys, and these guys really backed them in a corner and put them in their place. And, man, it was so great. And Cherry Pie, getting back on Cherry Pie, you know, a lot of – there was some Canadian cable TV, much music, refused to air Cherry Pie because it was officially sexist. Looking at the ratings – that, that they got back then. Uh, Entertainment Weekly gave it a C minus. Los Angeles Times gave it a two and a half stars. And of course, the Rolling Stone, such a great magazine. They love this kind of music anyway. Gave it two stars. You know, and I, I've never paid much attention to the critics as far as I really don't pay a, ten, a lot of attention to Rolling Stone because, you know, they're not into this kind of music. It's all about. Too many bands tried to satisfy Rolling Stone. Uh, that's what Kiss did with The Elder, I believe. They were trying to satisfy critics instead of keeping true to themselves, and which I do like The Elder, but, you know. 
All Music gave it a four out of five stars. Chicago Tribune gave it three out of four stars. So there was some out there that had a taste for uh, this kind of music. And, it, you know, back then, this was right before the grunge movement started. It was a couple years off or maybe a year and a half before Nirvana came in. Uh, but some of the some of the things you didn't know about this album, and I didn't know until I did, started doing my research on this, the guitar solo on Cherry Pie was played by none other than Poison lead guitarist C.C. DeVille. And at the end of the solo, you hear that a trained professional. I don't know what that meant, but uh, maybe it was just part of the song and maybe it was a shot taken at, at somebody else in the band, but I don't know. Like I said, Cherry Pie is one of my favorite albums, and if you want to give it a try, if you haven't heard it before, give it a try. Listen to it from start to finish. Just a few of my favorites, like I said, Uncle Tom's Cabin, of course, Cherry Pie, I Saw Red, Bed of Roses, Sure Feels Good to Me, Blind Faith, and Train Train. If you want to check that out, check it out. I'm sure you can. it's on Apple Music. That's where I listen to all my stuff on. Um, but great song. And check out the other... The other stuff in Warrant's catalog, Dirty Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. I'm going to go listen to all of the Warrant stuff I can. And because, uh, you know, I, I'm interested. And I've never listened to Dog Eat Dog. I've got to go listen to that. A lot of people have suggested I listen to Dog Eat Dog. But, and I would definitely check that out. All right. Coming up on the fly this week, we've got an interview that we just did this last week with former actor and star of the uh, 1980 sitcom The Hogan Family, which was Valerie at first before Valerie Harper got fired from her show. Uh, I'm talking about Jeremy Lick, who played Mark Hogan. And I don't know if you remember much about it. Mark and Willie Hogan, they were the twin sons on the show. Jason Bateman was their older brother. I uh, had a great, great time talking to, to Mr. Lick. And we talked about something he's got coming up. He, he's actually filming right now. They're, they're getting ready to put it out, and I'm going to give you a website to check it out. It's kind of interesting because with COVID going on, and that's messed up a lot of things, they're trying to make the best of it. They're filming a sitcom on Zoom. How they're going to do it, I don't know. I've looked at the teasers. If you want to check it out, it's on heretothertv.com. And it's, it's a situation comedy modeled after the best sitcoms of recent history. It's set in the microcosm of a commuter ferry from Bainbridge Island to Seattle on a 30-minute journey with the crew who attempt to get passengers back and forth safely. Sometimes it works, and then there are those other times, and that's where they leave you. So the stars, actually, his co-star on The Hogan Family is one of his stars. It's uh, uh, Danny Ponce. Who is one of his co-star? Who's one of the stars of this show? I'm interested to check out and see how this works, because making the best out of a situation like this during the COVID times, I'm just interested to see how they're going to make this Zoom work here. But thanks to, to Mr. Licht for taking the time out to do this interview with us, and we'll have that up on our. Uh, it'll be released probably. Maybe in the by the middle of the week this week, I've still got my interview with uh, for, well, current Quiet Right member Alex Grossi. I've got to 
take care of that. We're going to transcribe that. And I'm for you that have done transcribing before, let me know because I have never transcribed an interview before. I'm checking out some stuff now, and, I, and I'm anxious to get this one out there to you guys so you can hear what he had to say. He was a great, great interview. Got some stuff coming up. We're going to have, uh, hopefully, a, uh, a great guy in the music industry and had a lot to do with some of these, uh, some of the California Dream Show. Of course, we've had members of California Dreams, uh, the guys that used to be the actors up there. We've had three so far, and this guy had a lot to do with the music on that show and has a lot to do with other kinds of music as well. We'll Hopefully, we can set that up. I don't want to give his name out yet till I, I get it locked down to where we can do it. Uh, we're going to have Album Wars. Album Wars. We're going to pit two albums against each other and see which one comes out the winner. And also, I'm going to be doing some work with my friend over there at uh, Well Disguised. He wants, he wants, to, he's got a few topics we're going to do. Maybe he'll come on the show and talk about. I always want to do our top ten list. We're working on a Van Halen top ten right now. What about the Grammys, guys? What are your thoughts about the Grammys? Um, and one of the things I want to talk about with the Grammys is the tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Um, and I know they did a tribute to him. They did show 20 seconds. Do you think that was due? I mean, was that what he needed? Was that what he deserved was 20 seconds? I don't. I think they should have done a little bit more of that. They did more for other people. He was such a legend in the rock industry and, and you know, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And you put him on for 20 seconds. I'm not going to make a big deal about it because – I don't watch the Grammys anymore, especially after what I saw, uh, the the highlights or the lowlights of it the other night. People, and I try not to get political, guys, but when you're offended by Pepe Le Pew, when you're offended by Peter Pan, and what I saw and what I heard on that stage that night doesn't offend you, then something's wrong. And you're talking about it's supposed to be, they're being creative Something's wrong. I like I said, I don't like to get political up here, but that that is totally wrong. And Pepe Le Pew is a cartoon character. And I know what you would tell me. This is a song. What's the difference? What's the difference? And I know it's two different things. But if that didn't offend you and a cartoon character offended you, then to each his own, I'll say that. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, to each his own. And look, guys, excuse me for, and I know it's been kind of rocky. I know it has. I haven't done one of these by myself in a while. I usually uh, like to to bounce it off of somebody else over there. And I'm going to try to get back into into a shape where I can do this a little bit better for you. But wanted to get it back out here again. And uh, we got some great stuff coming up. Check out... We also do. I also do another podcast, Tobacco Road Weekly, with my buddy Billy Parker. Uh, we'll be talking all things ACC basketball. March Madness going on right now, and it's really madness right now. This tournament is unlike anything I've ever seen. And also, the final score, which started everything for me with my lead podcast. I do a weekly show with with my buddy Lynn Bryant, and we also do great interviews. We got some great interviews coming up on, on the final score. If you're if you're a fan of sports. 
mostly football, check out the final score. And I, w- I also want to throw a shout out to some of my podcast buddies out there. I wanted, of course, I've mentioned several times here tonight, uh, well disguised, well disguised, excuse me, well disguised podcast. Check them out. Playlist Wars. Check those two guys out. They do a great job. Uh, there's a Def Lep pod. They do a great job if you're a fan of Def Leppard. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. A Sabbath, Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne podcast. Uh, just a bunch of great podcasts out there to check out. And we're not well known. Shout it out loud podcast. What My favorite band of all time is Kiss. And if you're a Kiss fan, check out Shout It Out Loud podcast. Those guys are great. Check them out on Twitter. All of these guys are on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter. If you want to check, keep up with stuff, we update a lot on Twitter. Right now, I'm at 985 followers. And if you want to check me out, I'm on the fly at the final score E1. And they won't let me change that. I've been trying to change that to on the fly. But uh, check it out at, at the final score E1. Give us a follow. Give us a shout out. And guys, like I said, I'll get better as time goes on. I'll get back into my old shape as time goes on. I'm just a little, little off, off, uh, little. Got to get the rust off today. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed talking about warrant. We'll be back hopefully next week with some more to talk about. Check, check out my album of the day on Twitter and on my Facebook page as well. Check out movie of the day. We have, we have a little bit of everything going on on the Facebook and Twitter side. Anyway, you guys have a great week. Stay safe. We out of here.